Hallelujah. Father, we just, we do, we praise you for it all. I just am so thankful and grateful, Lord. Lord, that that is a, 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 a song of not just reminding, but such a significance that we need to be in an attitude of praise no matter what. And just even as they were worshiping that song, I, I know a verse that I'm going to cover in today's sermon, but I feel like we need to pray it and receive it now in Psalms 23, 5, where it says, He prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemy. And, and I know in the message as, I, as, I'm, as I've prepared, but I know I just feel like I need to say this, that the table that you know that God has called you to seems to be prepared right in the midst of a great storm right in the middle of so much pressure. But it isn't about the table. It's about the fact that you've been seated in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. As long as you got a seat, it doesn't matter who's around the table. Doesn't matter how many Judas, doesn't matter how many of those things that, that are surrounding you, but you're seated in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. So yes, praise him right there in the midst of that that looks like a disastrous setup that looks like surrounded by enemy setup that your table your job you've been prepared for a job your home your just seem like everything that it is set up that God has called you to do seems to be surrounded and that is ordained and called by God for you to be right there because it's not about the table it's the fact that you've been seated in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. And as you circle your mind around the fact that where you sit at is greater than the people at the table across from you, in your job, in, the, in the everything that you do, that's when you know that what God was talking about when he said, I prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies. But your cup runs over because of where you're seated. Your cup runs over. They, they can't even empty your cup. Judas couldn't even dip in Jesus' cup enough to empty it. Yet he was at the table. Yet all of them that were at the table with Christ ultimately betrayed him. As we prepare our hearts for communion, ultimately turned their backs on him, ultimately basically stabbed him in the back. But he said, because I'm seated with the Father, it doesn't matter what you do at the table. I came here because God called me here. I'm there because God told me to be there. I'm in this family because God told me to be here. For such a time as this, I got to remember where I'm seated more than what's around me. And Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, that we are equipped to be reminded I'm seated in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. I've got a seat at the best place at the table. So no matter who's on my right or who's on my left, I know where I, what I sit in. I sit in the authority. I sit in the blessing. I sit in the wisdom of God. Lord God, I refuse to give that wisdom up in any way, shape, form, or fashion to anyone, anything, any being, any action. And I pray, Father, I pray in circles over the minds of everyone that I come in contact with, as well as myself. 
Father God, I thank you, Lord God, not, not as a barrier, but as a, as a uh, guideline of protection for the wisdom of God to be able to restore minds and be able to restore hearts to the glory of God. Just not let everyone know that you are called to be a part of the ministry of reconciliation, ministry of peace, ministry of hope, that, Lord, that they will begin to fall back in love with the dreams and purposes of God. And it is known fact that as we get older, we become more logical than we are dreaming about the things of God. And Lord, I, I just pray, I get the logic part, but don't, I don't want to be a person that cannot have vision because I've gotten too old and I've seen too much. That Lord God, I'm going to see the things of God. I'm going to see and behold through the plans and ministry of God. And I thank you, Lord God, for the excitement of your word and the power of your word. Father, we pray healing over each and every one of us here. I thank you, Lord God, that our bodies are well in the name of Jesus, that we are COVID-free. We are blessed and healed from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. I speak Psalms 512, that the favor of God surround us like a shield, that if anyone is infected, the shield and the favor of God is blocking it and, and moving it away and taking it off of their lives as well. That Lord God, not only will we not get it, but we're going to be taking it off of the lives of others. That Lord God, that it will be a, a consuming fire. Lord, that we walk in. And Father, we just bless you today for the authority and the will and the purpose of your word given us. I just pray for each and every one of us to begin to just lift up someone, lift up someone close to you, lift up multiple people, and, and as well as we continue to lift up Brad's brother, continually uh, praying for him, blessing, and, and just as you can go to the other other uh, set of songs that I've got for you. Just just begin to lift people up right now. People that are not feeling well, even if not COVID, maybe they're diabetic, maybe they got blood issues, maybe they got heart issues. Let's pray for them because what happens is, is that they've been considered a risk and that what they are at risk of is us believing God to make them every bit whole. That's the only risk that we are giving them today is they are at risk at healing and homes are being healed and mindsets are being healed. People that have been in our homes together. I pray for a healing of a communication that anger will not take over, that they will not get tired and worn out from one another, that they will release the power of God and understand that their freedom is in Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, as you bring them closer and closer and closer together into the authority of God, they will be made whole. Lord, it's these times that we're ministering on prayer that let us do this right now. Be people of prayer. Be people that pray and in praise for what you have done, Lord. Forever will be on our lips to praise you that I've come to the Father and he will take care of the rest. No matter what it looks like, no matter how it looks, I and my church family are not defeated by what it looks like. We know where we're sitting in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. We thank you for it. Thank you for today's service. Thank you, Lord God, for everyone, every family member that was just lifted up, that Lord God, we're going to receive great reports. We're going to see the, receive the report of the Lord that they are being set free. I, I break stronghold, spirit of addiction. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for a true grace, Lord God. And honestly, of, about grace, Lord God, not to go back to something back and forth, but to honestly follow grace that God gave me love and God gave me something free to, to follow. 
to go after, Lord God. And Lord, that you are restoring cells and bloodlines and organs, Lord God. I, I thank you, Lord God, that, that according to Isaiah 18 and 8, that I will not have to complete a contract that I may have signed with hell before because my God has taken over my contract with his covenant. And Lord, we are just honoring you to bless you, to, to glorify you, Lord God. As for our house, we will serve the Lord. That anyone come underneath our doorposts, Lord God, will be coming underneath the blood of the Lamb, Lord Jesus. That no form, no form of a death angel, no shape of a death angel in any form, that is from mind, that is from ignorance, that is from any form of death or destruction or stealing cannot operate in any member of our family's life and through our homes and through our doors and through the doorposts that cannot operate in any, we're not going to settle for any form of death, stealing, and destruction. That Lord God, that our minds will stay completely pure and free to the will of God, to the will of God. You've not gotten too old to learn. You've not gotten too old to understand. And you've certainly not gotten too old to walk in wisdom and apply that knowledge. I do good because I know good. And Lord God, I thank you for the knowledge of the word of God, that word that you said that we've already been cleaned by the washing of the water of the word in John 15 and three. And I, I declare that, Father, that we are cleansed we walk clean, walk free, walk free. That grace has developed a path for us. And Lord, we just receive it today. We prepare our hearts and mind to, to walk forward with you today, that you will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. We'll repeat and pray together uh, over our service. All right, so this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can be what it says I can be. But I can do what the word says I can do. It's the living seed of God living in me, and I'll never be the same. And never, never, never will I be the same. God increase, pastor decrease. Give me ears to hear what God has to say. I'm gonna walk with power, not let loss. Get left. Amen. You may be seated. Because of his incident, your son held up some juicy snacks as his Bible. We know he loves God. He comes in, he listens to sermons, but he just make you work for it, doesn't he? He's right on track. Ah, he's going to make us strive for that. He's a blessing. All right. Um, Speaker of our house and, and who speaks to us. And Pastor Rita almost jumped in and took it again. Like what we pay attention to is what's going to speak to us. It's going to be our volume. It's going to be our prayer life. If you put in enough stuff in you, that's going to be your prayer life. It's going to be your prayer life. It's going to be what you pray about. It's going to be what you talk about. Uh, you really won't be communing with God. You'll be communing with you and what you hear a lot of. And that's not prayer. That would be complaining. And so we want to make sure that we lay down with Jesus, we rise with Christ, we, we go into the abundance of God's Word. So the direction of an effective prayer life. Here's the direction of an effective prayer life, and that is hearing from God. 
That's the greatest direction that we can have for an effective prayer life. John chapter 10, verse 4 through 5, says that when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. You will follow, speak, and pray to what you know more. If you know more ungodliness, that's what you will pray to. That's what will be your center point. That's what will be your focal point. That will be the thing that you will follow more than anything else. When there's a, you could say like if there's a whole bunch of music playing, the one you're more used to, if it ain't the, the worship, you will follow that. You will sheep after that. That will be your following. That will be your wholeness. And then as you pray, you'll, you'll pray in that order. Even though you'll say Jesus but there won't be effectiveness. We have to be effective in our prayer. We have to be intensity with our prayer life, especially, especially for this season. He said, a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. It's, it's, you know, man, it, there's just so much right there where people who can't follow the gospel because they're estranged to God can't even follow. You say forgiveness to them. They can't even follow that. Because they're a stranger in areas. Even as believers, we can be strangers in areas of our faith. We, we are following God to get to heaven, but we may not be following him to walk in love and walk in peace. We're strangers in those areas. It's like, like gosh, I, I don't want to be a stranger when God speaks in those areas where I just can't hear him. Where I just like, oh, no, I ain't following that. You mean you want me to bless them? Uh, no. Give of myself, sacrifice, surrender. I don't know if I can follow that. It is like you wonder whose voice are you going to follow then? Because again, Jesus, one of the most, the greatest things, if you get this, you get them all, that whatsoever a man sows, that, that if you get that, that that sowing and reaping, you get that, you get it all. He says, but, but they will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. All right. So no, not the voice of strength. How do I know when God's talking to me? It'll be lined up with his word. I, I believe prayer's prophetic, but it needs to be lined up with the word of God. All right? So if I give you a brand new prophecy that's not scriptural, it is, it is brand new. It ain't godly. All right? All right? And you remember we said last week about prayer uh, that uh, if you've ever fallen asleep praying, and felt guilty for it, and we, we want you to stop doing that. Because, again, I've never complained when my kids fell asleep in my arms as a father. And I don't believe the Heavenly Father is complaining about you falling asleep in his arm. Yeah, Brad, yeah. That was last week. Yeah, I know. It got me too. I, was, I had to stop running. I had to stop running when that came to me. That every time that, you know, I have my kids, and, and God's holding, and he wants us to fall asleep in his arms that way. But that's not when you bring your greatest problem to him at night. Bring your problems in the daytime. Rest in his arms at night. This is effective prayer because if I can effectively lay down with God, and I started, started doing this, um, and I play long, repetitive uh, worship music because they may just say the same thing over. They may say the one verse over and over again. I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay with that. But I can tell it, it knocks me, it, it's starting to knock me out. And I'm not feeling guilty no more. 
Like, right? I'm not, I mean, I'm not on purposely, but I, if I brought all of my other stuff that I know is, you know, serious stuff, Lord, pray, pray for our nation, pray for all that stuff. And then when I say, God, let's have some time together, some fellowship time together, just hold me and take me out. Like, if you're having trouble shutting your mind off at night, okay, give it over to Christ. Right? Let him, let him rock you to sleep. A key to effective prayer is knowing the voice of God, though. And even greater, not having so many other voices filtering through your mind. That's, so I was like, gosh, well, then, Pastor Rita, you just do it. I'm going to go back home, do some yard work. Because you just came up here and started with that. Because when you have so many other voices, you're trying to, it's like you're trying to do a driver's test to see which voice is effective. And so the best way to do that, and even if you haven't gotten control of getting all the strange voices, and I'm not telling you something's wrong with you, what I'm telling you is that we can put enough information in us to have multiple voices when it comes time to pray. And the best way to deal with that, especially at nighttime, is just say, God, I just want to fellowship with you. I just want to have my intimacy, my prayer time with you. It's God, I love you. God, I thank you. God, I worship you. Not God, here are all my problems, because your problems will keep you awake. If that's what you're going to bed with, right? <laughs> Don't let the sun go down on your, yeah. When we have direct recognition of God's voice, our prayer life has intensity, and it is not in search of content, right? It's, it's, be honest, you've run out of stuff to pray, if the prayer meeting goes long enough, you run out of stuff, right? You lay before God. You just do. You just like, okay, all right. So I got all the cars. I got the house. I got the neighbor's yard. You know, you just start running out of stuff. When God is saying, pray my word then, right? Pray my word. That's where you open up. When we have these times where we're just coming in here and we're just praying for an hour. It, am I hot? Is, is nobody else hot? It's just, it, you, you, you miracle. I love you, firstborn child. Uh, get us a sandwich. Um, the Lord. Um, but, but you're in search of content because we don't know the word. And if we know the word, we don't have to search for content. The content's there. Pray the word of God. Pray John 3.16 if that's all you got for the day. For people to receive salvation, that's a good prayer to pray. Because we'll get it all the time. I, I don't know where to start in the Bible. Just start. Just start. Pick up again. In the beginning. That's a good place. In the beginning. So knowledge of God's voice keeps us from becoming ritualistic in prayer and move us into the prophetic. Right? So, so I'm not ritualistic, so I'm praying the word of God. So you go like, oh, so you're saying prophecy, so God's going to have me speaking this stuff over your family. The word of God. Your family. The Bible is already prophetic. So now all we're doing is praying what the word has already spoken. Effective prayer life. Effective stuff. I've trained my children up in a way that they should go. I pray they'll never depart from it. That's part of the word of God. What God has put together, let no man pull apart. I pray. I pray that we will not be divided in our own home. And okay, so Psalms 23.5, which I feel like I've said it several times, Ryan, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Now, I want you guys to, if you're, if you're following along in this verse, you got to keep your head down because 
Sometimes the enemy can live with you. Just keep your head down and read. Don't look up because I don't want anybody to go home mad at each other. Because God will prepare your table right where you are. Right where you are. And he says the, the table can be prepared there. Don't fight God on where he's put you because he's already seated you. And it's where you're seated that matters, right? That's where we're saying So we have to accept being seated in heavenly places by Christ Jesus because it will keep us from wondering why God has prepared a table for us in our current circumstances. God, why do you have me here? Why, why am I still doing this job? Why am I still on this place? Why am I still in this position? He says, regardless, don't forget that you're seated in heavenly places. Regardless of where the table is, regardless of, and you know, we can think of a table, you know, put food on the table. It's where you get, where you have to make money or where you have to make fellowship, right? And God, why am I still having to keep being nice to this person? Why am I still having to reach out to this person? I, that's my question. That's my question. God, when am I going to get to bring a rope to the, when am I going to do the rope thing in the Bible? Start just knocking some things out. You keep preparing a table. I still have to keep fellowship with this person. But he, he's saying like, but don't forget your seat. And I think a lot of people accept the table but forget where they're supposed to be sitting. So if I understand where I sit, it doesn't matter where the table is prepared. I don't have to fight for a high chair when I'm seated in heavenly places by Christ Jesus. Now, I have, a, I, have a, I have a short man's complex, but it's only when it comes to chairs. I love the high bar stool chairs at our I love I love the one back there. I love, I, that's the first thing I go to. If I go into teacher's classroom, they got one of them, that's the first thing. I, can I have this one? I love it. I love, my, I love the feet swinging. I love all that, right? But I don't ever want to do that go to someone's high chair in their popularity and miss where I'm seated with Christ just to have a, have a bigger seat or a higher seat. So where we are seated is an altar of prayer and fighting for higher looking positions just so the world will like us or, or be popular with us. It, it is, it is um, it's dividing us from a fruitful prayer life. Uh, pastor Donnie was telling about this one pastor that was saying that, that he is completely on board with the statement, Black Lives Matter. He's completely on board. And what he was saying is also, I'm also on statement with, uh, he said, I'm on statement with the, I'm on board with statement Black Lives Matter, but I'm not on board with the standards that other people are trying to get it and where they're destroying and being destructive to get it. And I thought, well, that's, that's absolutely truth. Because anytime you come against any standards, people think you're against the statement. No, we're not against the statement. I'm against that destruction. I'm against that part of you trying to get it at the cost of somebody else. The statement is still true. Statement is still reigning supreme and going to be able to do it. And I can pray for that. That's something I can pray for. What I can't pray for is hurting and damaging others in the process. That I can't get down with. But I can get down with, with, with a life that matters. I can pray. I can, that's all day. It's all day, every day. But I can't. So, so if your system comes up and says that it's different, and this is where we struggle in a prayer. We want prayer, but we want stuff that can take others away from the development of faith. His world. He's going to be mad when more people come in here. I'm just letting you know that now. I feel like this used to be mine, all these other kids. I know. You know, Ryan, you just... 
They just brought other things in there. So you look at the fruitfulness of your prayer. If we're seated at an altar of prayer, because we're seated in heavenly places, sitting is a posture of trust that God is going to deliver his word to and through us for his will to be done, right? So it's a, it's a posture of trust. If I can sit down and trust you, I don't have to get up and argue with you. I can sit down and trust God is going to bring truth. So I'm seated in heavenly places. So if you ever got into it with somebody uh, or, or, and they're, they're just ranting and raving, you don't have to go and match that craziness. Just sit. Pastor Rita and I have learned that about each other. If, if I got all excited about something, she would just sit and keep her voice calm. I'm like, well, I'm still ready to fight. You ever heard somebody just peacefully dismiss the fight, but you ready? You got a whole, I got a whole, <laughs> I got a whole case against you. Now you just, okay, I, you're right. I forgive you. Wait, what? No. Best of all, first of all, you don't want to need the forgiveness. You's wrong. And she can just peacefully like, no, this, okay, yeah, I'll do better. That's the worst. Don't say that to me. I need you to try to defend your thing I'm mad at you for. Right? And she just, she just I'm just going to stay seated. Heavenly places. By Christ Jesus. If, if those of you who like to fight, this is a bad move for you. This is a, this is a horrible move for you. Because you've got your swing, you've been, you've been practicing all day. You've been, you've been, <laughs> you've been like, you've been getting it ready. And the person goes, yeah, you was right. <gasps> and then you won't, you're mad at them because they surrendered. So if you should do that, she would just stay seated in heavenly places. Just stay seated there. I was like, ugh. Um, and it's usually stuff that I feel I'm completely right about, but whatever. Uh, God gave us dibs at the table though, right? If you've ever had to call dibs on a seat, everybody says, save my seat. Anybody ever do that? Save my seat, save my seat. Y'all too? Okay, y'all was so, okay. Anyway, we say, that's my seat. I say that seat. We've done that before, right? Anybody got my seat? I saved that, right? And it's crazy, like, and I always thought, like, if we fought for people to be saved the way we fought for them seats, in the house, man, everybody be headed to heaven. There was an all-out war when someone took your saved seat. We would become unsaved to get that seat back. Gosh, how much more that God has given us the seated in heavenly places that I don't have to fight with you. I don't have to argue with you. I'm going to sit in heavenly places. This is what the body of Christ needs to be doing anyway. Sit in the heavenly places by Christ Jesus, and he'll take care of the rest. He'll do the rest. I don't have to go out there and I don't have to get all caught up in your stuff. I'm going to sit in my heavenly places. So he provided for us and we don't have to trade, <laughs> trade it for anything or anyone. All right. And so I, I'm telling you in a, on an attitude of prayer today, if you have some stuff like some stuff that just on your mind, there are things we, we tell you not to worry, we tell you not to be afraid, but there's things that stay on your mind. Get them out of the way during the day. When you lay down, lay down in fellowship with God. Not in a fight for your problems. Lay down. It's, it's that prayer. It's that peacefulness that, that's going to surpass that. First Kings chapter 19, verse 11 through 12. It says, then the Lord said. Now, and if y'all are following me, there's, there's several more to go. At this point, Justice came up to me yesterday and said, you got 10 minutes. 
And I went, we ain't going to make it. So whoever's watching right now, this is where the sermon speeds up like someone hit fast forward. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12 says, Then the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Behold, the Lord is about to pass by, and a great and mighty wind tore into the mountains and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a still, small voice. How many of y'all are, are not yellers? Like, you don't like to yell a lot by nature. Like, that's not your normal... That's not your normal fight style, right? You're, you're quiet, right? You're not, you don't have to raise your voice. I have to work at this part, right? Like when I know I'm right and, and I, I don't want to yell, I have to work. Like I look like I'm going through like some kind of mental anguish where I'm like, but I'm trying to keep quiet where other people can do that normally. God is that still small voice. He don't have to be a wind, earthquake, or a fire, right? Forget the group, earth, wind, and fire. Jesus, God had it first. He had it first. He says, I'm in the still, small voice. I don't have to argue with you. I don't have to fight with you. I don't have to yell with you. Small voice. We're not doing this today. Okay, I need to go to the gym for six hours. Because I got a bunch of stuff in me need to be worked out. He's not going to do it that way. He's not going to fight with you. He's not going to argue with you. He's not going to try to convince you because he, dying and resurrecting should have been enough. Right? Like, go, Jesus, what else you got? Um, that's plenty. But here it is, right? The still small voice is plenty loud enough, even if the surroundings are loud. And what happens is if we get loud, we get caught up in our surroundings, we think we got to pray that way. We think we got to scream at God, and you don't have to. The key is that we don't have to allow things to become loud. The, here's our goal, right? It can be loud around us. Don't let it be loud in us. When it gets loud in us, then that competes for the voice of God. Right? All, everything can be falling apart around your house, around your neighborhood, around your life, but don't let it fall apart in your heart. Because once it falls apart there, then you're going to be in a struggle. Then you're going to be divided. And a house divided cannot stand. And a heart divided can't stand. And when we get to things we can't stand, what is another word for stuff you can't stand? Is that you hate it. I can't stand you, right? That's another way of saying I hate you, right? Y'all, have y'all ever been in anywhere else other than, look, y'all act like I've only been on Google. If I say I can't stand you, that's bad. That don't mean I don't want to get up when you don't come to the room. I mean, I hate you. But a house divided cannot stand. If your heart is divided, it cannot stand. And you know when you get mad, you can't stand somebody telling you something cheerful. You even hate kind words at that point. Well, I think you're beautiful. You're just trying to suck up to me. And now you made two people mad. Right? It's part of keeping our heart pure. Still small voice. John 16, says, in this world, we'll have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So the world is going to look like the world looks. The world's going to look like the world right now, right? What is our job? To be of good cheer. Jesus has overcome the world. It's a terrible mess, but be of good cheer. God has overcome the world, and as we are overcome with his word, this world cannot overwhelm us. So I got to be overcome with the word to understand that we've overcome the world so that this world can't overwhelm us. Anytime I feel overwhelmed, it's because I've been listening to too much of the world and not enough of the word. 
And let me tell you, if you sit and listen to the news long enough, you sit around that stuff long enough, you are going to believe there is no way things are ever going to get better. You have to shut it off. You have to turn it off. You have to get away from it. You have to get away from anybody's opinion about you. You got to get away from those things. You have to turn it off. And it's this, this, and, and I, just, I just feel like we've got to be able to do that. James 1.22 says, uh, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only, right? Because we know Romans 10.17, faith comes by hearing and hearing. But if you're just a hearer, you're going by what you heard, and now you're like a herd of cattle following the same thing. You ever watch people? They all do the same dances. They all do the same celebration. They are herd. They follow the same stuff all the time. But if hearing means that I'm going to constantly go to God, I'm going to constantly go back to God, I'm going to continue hearing, 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 right? Not that God is saying anything different than in his word, but he's updating me because I need something new in my situation. There's revelation in a word that, that, that as everybody said to me uh, last week, 1 Samuel, not everybody, because some of y'all didn't talk to me at all. 1 Samuel 12, 23, I had some people come up to me and said, when I said that verse that it said that I will, no, I will cease to sin against God by not praying. If I don't pray, I'm sinning against God. And I had people tell me, I'd never seen that in the Bible before. It's been there the whole time. It wasn't new. I didn't bring it out new. But if I don't pray for people, I am sinning against God. And I, you know what was new? The fact that they realized they've been sinning against God. That's what I believe was the newness. Because there are people I just wouldn't pray for. Not y'all, because y'all are the folks who don't even know what I can't stand you mean. So I want to be a one that hears, and a hearing, hearing means that I am doing, I'm actively putting together, and that faith comes up. Prayer is a response to the appetite of hearing, all right? So I said all that. I really, really want to get to these. <laughs> There's a lot I want to get next to. Let's go with this one. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 through 24. By the time we got to this point, I was reading the verses so fast, I started just skipping sentences. Do not go back and watch the video. Verse 21 says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What is most important to you at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock? What, what is the hour of importance in that time? What needs to happen? There are certain things that are just important to you. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in, that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Right? So you got to think about that, right? The ivy single. Now, I've been sitting in, uh, gosh, what was it? Conference workshops, these uh, eight hours a day in front of a computer virtual. It doesn't matter how much they change their background. I've never been more tired at the end of a day in my life than, those, than these uh, 32, 40-some-odd hours of staring at that monitor all day. 
it wiped me. Like, all I could do was go to bed. Just, I just wanted to just lay here for a minute. And I would be knocked out. It would, just because that entered into my single place, it darkened my entire body and wiped it out. I've done outdoor work. I've done construction. I've moved furniture in the heat. Nothing wiped me out like that did. If your eye, and I will give you that, is single on those things, it's either lifting you up or taking you down. One or the other. If my eye be full of light, if it is full of light, that word singleness means one, and it also means voyage, right? It means journey. Let me just say it that way. And when our number one desire is to hear from God for prayer and to do his will, our entire body will be full of light. When that's my number one, my sing, when I wake up every morning, it's to serve you, God, hear from you, and follow you all day. That is my job. That is my purpose. I'm going to be full of light. That also means full of light means full of healing, full of restoration, full of peace, full of comfort, full of joy, full of hope. Well, that's my number one desire. But if I wake up with my number one or number two desire or my number 1.5 or 0.5.1, whatever, is to get even or get over or get upset, I'm going to have some dark, I'm going to have some light switch problems. Right? Let me show you how that looks, right? My prayer journey will be about pursuing God's word and never going in complaining, but to complete a fellowship with his, with his presence, right? So y'all remember growing, oh, again, I keep thinking, remember that you used to have to do strobe lights and it would blink off and on, like, like those lights that like make you sick if you're in there for too long. They were part, dun, 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 dun. y'all know techno, remember all that? And then if you were poor and that light quit working, somebody stood by the switch. Like, okay, so we're the only two, all right? Me and Bama are the only two. Okay, so, so, so all you rich folks who, who kept the light that lasts all the batteries, we ran out of batteries during the parties, and so somebody had to stand by the thing and flip it off. Y'all never seen this? Kind of, this is a party right here. When they can flip that switch, when you find people to, okay, anyway, some people's walk with God is that way. They got light and darkness, and they only carry the light for so long, and then because they put other stuff in them, darkness comes back. You wonder, like, I can only be free for so long, or I can only be, and I don't want to say saved for so long, but <laughs> that's what it looks like. I, I can only walk with God for so long to where I got scheduled darkness that comes upon me. And, and that means the eye is not single. That means it's not one. My journey needs to be about God and God alone. I, I can have some scheduled hurts that, that makes me feel scheduled dark, scheduled upset. This is, and so, so as we go through this, when my journey is about Jesus, it's all day about Jesus, this is literally praise and worship of prayer because what I went into prayer about, I began to celebrate it already being done, right? And so when we say you by stripes, you're healed. We pray over you. We believe you're healed because you're not going to turn that light off anyway. I went to God as my number one thing, so I'm going to journey with God. I'm going to journey in my faith. Uh, I had a guy who was, he was like, Oh, man, I just don't believe in that healing stuff. And I said, you know, just as much as you don't believe in it, there's somebody who's been healed that you can't take it away from. So you don't have to have it. You, you could be, but there are some people that have received that is alive today that you can't take what you're saying and give that to them. They won't have it. There's a light on so bright, they'll keep it. Those are the days I like. That's, those are the days I get turned loose. I don't get those too often. Apparently, I'm not mature enough at times to handle those days. But when I worship in my prayer, my eye has to be singled on God. What am I looking at? What am I putting my focus on 
because that's what's going to determine whether I'm going to walk in light or whether I'm going to be dark. Even if someone has a good idea, even if someone has some encouraging, because my light is off, I can't even hear it or see it. Mark chapter 4, verse 18 through 19, it says, And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. So they know the scriptures, it just, they don't ever live them. They know the truth, but they never live them. How is that possible to know the truth and not live it? How is it possible to know what's right, but never get it done? And here, it's right here, cares of this world is a choking mechanism, right? And part of the definition of cares means a divided mind. When your mind has a split in it, you know, we, we can even take that in the point of, do I give to God or do I give to this? Do I give? If it's a split, you can no longer handle any more information from God because until you do with what you have, the other information is going to destroy you, right? Rich young ruler, when he came to Jesus, what must I do to be saved? Wouldn't it have been easy for Jesus to say, you need to believe me, and that's it, right? Jesus gave him stuff that he already knew. And the rich young ruler said, I know about them. Why would he just repeat that? In other words, until you do what you already know, and if you already knew what you're supposed to be doing, me telling you to go sell all you have and follow me shouldn't have been a problem. If you were doing it. Now, I don't know about you guys. If you ever had something that you're trying to, keep something in, but it has a split in it, right? Let's say I have a bucket. It has a little split. And the more stuff you put in there, the bigger that split's going to happen. Same thing with people's mind. The more and more they go, I just want more from Jesus. Have you done anything with what you have? Because getting more is only going to make you feel condemned. Anybody ever serving God and you wanted to do more and you felt condemned because you weren't doing enough and the extra stuff you started doing is because you didn't do anything with the stuff you already had been given? And it's a split. You become split. You become divided. The curves, the curves, the cares of this world, and it shuts off access to the voice of God because of what grows around it. It's thorns. It's weeds. Those things grow around. And if you sow around yourself, you can sow your goodness. What I used to hear, uh, my cousins used to say something all the time, uh, let me go ahead and uh, I got to get out tonight and I'm going to give Jesus his time in the morning. They would say that. They would say that all the time. Like, it'll be Jesus time tomorrow, but right now it's Saturday. Going to get it. This belongs to me. Right? What if you don't make it through authority? You don't, Jesus don't ever get his time with you. And then I saw what Jesus' time got, whatever they wore Saturday. And he got leftovers. Right? Again, we're saying that we're going to have to be strong, prayerful, faithful people. This is where God comes in. This is how there can be more about the latest problem, more information about the latest possible in the mind than by stripes we're healed or he didn't give us a spirit of fear. Take heed how you hear because it will affect how you pray. Right? How I hear will affect how I pray. It's just, it's, it's a case in point of what am I paying attention to? I need to go before God. So we've got people in our life that needs healing. We've got people in our life that needs restoration. They don't go to the word. You do. 
and allow God to show you exactly what to pray. Pray the word of God. Find what God has said about your situation in the world. And all the Bibles that are out there, there's topical Bibles. You can, they'll give you a list of scriptures. There's you version. They'll give you a list. They just type in something. It's easier to find those. Uh, I used to have these big old, uh, and Miracle just got mad at me because when we first got in youth ministry, I have those big commentaries, those Matthew, Henry, and Clark commentaries. The books were this thick. They were like Harry Potter thick books. We would carry them around. Me and the youth leaders that was in my youth leader group, I'd have, I had Clarks, he'd have Matthew, Henry, they'd have, and we'd carry them around to go hang out. Now it's all on a computer. Remember, we used to have to work for it. This is why Jesus, this is why the Bible was saying we will be held higher to higher standard than the people of old. Because we don't have to work nearly as hard. If y'all have seen us coming to the youth group sessions with them big old books, along with our Bibles, along with the big notebooks, because we do Friday night studies, we look crazy. People thought we were, people thought we were a cult. Be honest with you. You're walking around with some hardback, but we loved them. We treasured them. I think uh, Paul and Tim's dad, who was a pastor for years, he gave them to us. We were like, we loved them. And now I can't even find them. Because someone made it easier. Your prayer time has been made easier. We just got to take it to God. Amen? Amen. I want you guys to bow your heads. Father, we want to be effective prayer warriors, having a life of prayer. First of all, Lord, we repent for taking circumstances to bed with us when that was our time of intimacy and fellowship with you. Father, I pray over each and every person tonight that they will lay down in your arms and have fast asleep, peaceful sleep tonight. As they enter into prayer, as they enter into a time of just of being thankful and being grateful and just begin to just pray to you that, Lord God, they're going to have some of the most incredible sleep and not feel guilty and not feel condemned because, Father, you love it when we fall asleep in your arms. It's the revealing power that, Lord Jesus, that we lay down in your arms, we lay on your heartbeat, and that, Lord, that you're keeping us as well as when we awaken the next day. And Lord God, strive out our day, number one, singleness of eye, heart on fire for God, full of light, and begin to speak to those things that are troubling. Begin to speak to those things that are at hand and that are a great concern. And begin to confess and, and, and declare the word of God and begin to present the power of God and the message of God's word as we pray over those things and we fill our day with walking out and carrying out the hand of God and the grace of God and God's mercy. That, Lord God, that's our prayer time. That's our uptime. That's our daytime. As we continually understand that when we have better nights, we're going to have better days. That, Lord God, I must lay down with you. I must rest in you. I must have peace in you, Lord Jesus. That I don't want my lights to go out, Lord God, worried and in thought about what's wrong. But I want to be in your presence about the God that is right. Thank you, Jesus, for letting me know that those times that I fell asleep. Thank you, Lord God. That that was not a time you were angry at me. You were never frustrated with me. Thank you, Jesus. I needed to know and I needed to hear that. And Lord, I will pursue you tonight in honor just to fall asleep during prayer, fall asleep in worship, to dream the dreams of God, 
to dream the purpose of God, that you've said that we will see visions and dream dreams. Lord God, the best way that I know to see a vision is to go to sleep with you on my mind and go to sleep with you on my heart. As Lord, as you bring forth peace that surpass all understanding. I thank you, Lord Jesus. We pray. I thank you for our prayer warriors, Lord God, that we go forward and believe that our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And we receive the miracles of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Pastor Rita will be working on hers, uh, her Bible study session again. That, that, I mean, I got cousins that don't even go to church was listening to that. That said they never listened to another message in their life. So, uh, so apparently they're skipping the ones I'm doing twice a week and waiting for Pastor Rita. So, you know, we, whatever it takes. I got some water, some increase, and some just on the air. Right, and that's, I figure I'm on. But as she does that, I'll make sure and push that out there. Cause she's not on any social media, so I, I'll, I'll do the pushing of that, uh, the Rita drug, uh, to the rest of the world. Amen. I mean, you guys stay safe, continue, stay blessed. We're praying for you. You're dismissed.